Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. The cream of the crop. Final move. Realest guys in the room. How you doing? Do I have everybody's attention now? Hello and welcome back to the Wrestling with Edwards podcast with your host, Scotty Wrestling. This is episode 9, and it's a big episode today as we are going to dive deeply into full gear preview and predictions, as well as what has happened on SmackDown, Raw, Dynamite, and NXT this past week, plus a little talk in stardom. And my first edition of talking about Lucha Underground, which is going to kick off the show. So sit back, relax, and of course, enjoy the show. Lucha Underground. I began it, I began it uh, last week for the most part, you know, getting back into it. Uh, we're, you know, quarter away through season one, and you know, it's really good stuff because. We see a lot of stars that are popular today really get their first chance to shine in Lucha Underground. And the topic that I wanted to discuss today, and I'm only like 15 episodes in, and I already know how big this guy is. And that's Pentagon Jr. I think his presence in the temple is something unmatched in my mind. The way the fans react, um, the... The brutality he brings in the ring. The feeling he has. I think he feels like this massive deal. And I wish this would happen in AEW now. Because I think I've always loved Pentagon. Even before really digging into Lucha Underground. So I wanted to talk about him real quick. We're going to talk about him more you know, as I get into it. But his first couple weeks, I mean, he was you know, not... Delivering like I had hoped, and then he just turned a corner. He starts snapping arms, winning matches easily. Um, Sarah Miedo is one of the coolest um, catchphrases in wrestling. I just think, I don't know why, I just, I think it's so cool because the fans react so well. So that's my first, you know, topic for Lucha Underground. I want to know what you guys think. Um, the viewers who, you know, checked out Lucha Underground. What did you think of Pentagon's time there? Because I know a lot of people love what he does there, and I I am loving it, and I'm only learning more and more as we go. So I love if you guys could tell me like some of your favorite moments from Pentagon, what you believe he can do in All Elite Wrestling, because that's his home, that's his clear home moving forward, because I think... The sky's the limit for him. A TNT title run. A world title run. I think he should get all these opportunities. So should Phoenix. And I want to hear what you think. So, you know, you can hit me at Twitter, at Scotty Rasslin. Um, you can, you know, shoot me a message there. You can contact me in the comments on any of my articles on Last Word on Sports Pro Wrestling site. Do whatever you can, because I want to hear from you. I want to hear... 
what your thoughts on Pentagon are because I think he's awesome and, you know, sky's the limit for him still to this day. So that was my quick Lucha Underground thing. Don't worry, it will get far more in-depth moving forward. But now I want to jump into SmackDown from last week. Because SmackDown from last week was a pretty massive show in terms of, you know, angles that went down. So we started the Survivor Series push on SmackDown. And so far we have Kevin Owens. And Jey Uso is the first two competitors on Team SmackDown, men's team. Bianca Belair made it for the women's team. But what is really important about the men's team part is the Jey Uso part. Because Jey Uso fought Daniel Bryan in the main event of SmackDown to decide the second member of the team. And, you know, that's a big match. That's a massive match for Jey Uso. Because Jey Uso has been on this rise. He's been figuring it out. He's been growing as a star, getting elevated to a level of main event caliber and you know facing Daniel Bryan a win over Daniel Bryan's massive and this is what he had he had a clean victory over former world champion Daniel Bryan I feel like not enough people are talking about that and then after the match he aligned himself with Roman Reigns he to you know avoid getting kicked out of the family he discussed that he gets it now. He gets what Roman Reigns has been trying to teach him this whole time. He gets it. And he beat the life out of Daniel Bryan after the match. He put him, you know, he brought absolute destruction to him. He kept beating him down. Um, I believe they had Daniel Bryan stretch it away eventually. And Roman Reigns just watched in happiness as, you know, his cousin destroyed Bryan. And I think this is leading to multiple things. First of all, you know, it's the rise of... The Samoan dynasty in the WWE, which I feel like a lot of people have wanted for a long time, and that's what we're getting. And, you know, it's only a matter of time before Jimmy Uso probably joins. That's until that's when he gets cleared, he'll probably join. And I think the other big part here is the Daniel Bryan aspect, because you would have to guess that after Survivor Series, Daniel Bryan's probably going to be the man chasing Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. And, you know, if that's... That's where we're going. That's going to be a phenomenal program. Another program for Reigns to dig his teeth in and really show this heel character. Because Daniel Bryan plays such a good face. So it'll be good for him to, you know, go off of with his new dynasty. And I wonder if, you know, the, 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 let me, how do I say this? The companionship that... Owens and Brian showed the week before this will have anything to do with this angle down the road because I could see you know Kevin Owens trying to back up Daniel Bryan and then they'll need one more man for the probable you know three versus three match down the line because I do think Jimmy Oso will eventually join his brother in Roman Reigns so I'm really looking forward to seeing where this goes and, you know, SmackDown only keeps getting better and better, so, you know, can't complain there. And this week, on the episode of SmackDown that will air tonight, um, because you'll be hearing this on Friday, is Sasha Banks versus Bayley one more time for the SmackDown Women's Championship. In a match that you have to assume is the main event. Um, I'll be shocked if it's not the main event. And... I'm just hoping they get the time to show 
that they can do this no matter what. Because, you know, their Hell in a Cell match was incredible. I talked about that last week. And I'm just wondering, do they get the time to write the right match? Do they get the time to blow off this match to the point where it feels right? And I think they do. I think I think this match gets the last 30 minutes of SmackDown. And I, I hope Sasha walks out and still. Because, you know, her track record isn't very good. She hasn't yet to successfully defend a singles title on the main roster. So, that's that's the main story going into this. I'm looking forward to that. And, you know, those are all my thoughts from SmackDown. So, let's get on to Raw. Raw only had two things that I really wanted to touch on. Which was the big man triple threat, as I like to call it. Braun Strowman versus Keith Lee versus Sheamus. This match kicked ass. Plain and simple. It was brutal. It was rough and tough. It was a very entertaining triple threat, especially for TV. And, you know, you should expect that because these three guys are pretty much all brawlers in a sense. And they put out all the stops to beat each other and get one leg up. I think that's what's really important. So I liked that a lot. And so now the Raw men's team is absolutely stacked. It's AJ Styles, Sheamus, Keith Lee, and Braun Strowman. And now what they're teasing, you know, is Drew McIntyre being that fifth and final member, which only makes sense because there's a probable chance Drew McIntyre doesn't beat Randy Orton for the WWE Championship between now and Survivor Series. So I think... Raw's on their way to not only having the most dominant Raw team I've seen in a while, but, you know, if they work together, they should probably steamroll SmackDown, no matter who's involved. But it's going to be very interesting. And the only other thing I wanted to talk about from Raw was the incredible work of Alexa Bliss. I think her work was... You know, some of the best. And she's been so good in this role. I feel like not enough people are recognizing that because Raw's been such a tough show to watch for a few months now. And I think that stinks for Bliss because since joining Raw, she's only gotten better and better in this role as, like, the Fiend's partner, essentially. And, you know, she has this new trick where her eyes... You know, change to the fiend color eyes, kind of. And then she kind of has, like, this red goo fall out of her mouth. Um, if you've ever seen Lucha Underground, it kind of reminds you of Drago with his black goo. So that's very interesting. And I think, you know, when Nikki Cross was trying to talk to her and Bliss turned around with the eyes, that was, that was a fantastic image. And Bliss is only getting better and better. And I wonder where this goes. I'm thinking possibly... She ends up getting the title down the line. I wouldn't rush it yet, but, you know, I would... Sometime next year, I would totally understand if, you know, she wanted to. Not wanted to, necessarily, but she wanted to go for the title because she hasn't had a match in this full character yet, and I'm really wondering to see how they go. Because, you know, she's going to have a new move set. So, I think, I don't know who she'd beat. Probably Asuka. I don't see Charlotte Flair coming back anytime soon. So, I'm very intrigued by Bliss. I'm very much 
interested to see what she can do in this character moving forward. And, you know, it we got to applaud her because she's going all in on the character and that's the only way this was ever going to work. If this, you go all in and you care about it and that's clearly what she does. That's what Bray does. So she fits this role perfectly and I can only anticipate more and more of this because it really is good stuff. So now, on to NXT. We're going to save AEW for last because we're doing the massive preview. Um, Actually, you know what? Before we go to NXT, let's do stardom real quick. And I wanted to make this quick note. You know, I'm going to be reviewing the Stars versus Donna Del Mondo Mondo match next week. Um, But this week, I just wanted to touch on how I would like if stardom started putting their faith back into Momo Watanabe because she's one of my favorites and, you know, they lost so much talent this year, you would think they would trust her in the big roles once again. She's so good. She's she's my second favorite, I mean, right behind Mayu. And I think trusting her, you know, to be a champion, to be a top contender, not having her lose is really important because... You know, you're trying to build all these new contenders, but in the end, you have someone that's already proven they can do it. You know, she had a 358-day um, title run with the white belt. Like, that, she is a proven commodity. So, I'm, you know, I'm writing an article about this that you can uh, probably catch sometime this weekend. But I just wanted to say, like, give her the chance. Believe in her again, because... You're trying all these different people, and I think Utami's going to, you know, be one of those stars that you need, but I think Momo is too. So, please believe in her, because, you know, I love watching stardom, and I want her to succeed more and more. So, that's that. That's my quick stardom spiel for the week. We will have more as, you know, more events come up. Next week, I'll be reviewing a match, so that should be fun. And now we're on to NXT. And I didn't get to talk about this match. You know, it aired last week when I was, the day of when I recorded. I didn't get to watch it yet. I watched it the day after. Um, Walter versus Ilya Dragunov. This match was devastating. Devastating in all the right ways. These two beat every part of themselves out of each other this was a title match in the making for a long time and they made it feel that way it was real it was brutal it was stiff it was rough the chops um to dragonov's chest i thought like he was gonna just crumble from you know walter just caving his heart in like that's how hard this man was hitting him and these two both went in through a war and it was one of the better matches i've seen this year now it's not my favorite match of the year by any means when it comes to any company. But it's definitely one of the best that WWE's seen. It was an absolute bloodbath without really being blood. I mean, if you want to count whatever Dragonov's chest was as blood, we can count that. But this was an absolute fight. And, you know, NXT UK, I don't watch it much. But I'll watch it for Walter. Walter is awesome. Walter is a world-class professional wrestler. He gets it. He gets all of it. You know, and I did wonder 
wonder and worry when he came into WWE how they would treat him. And, you know, if you look at how he's treated NXT UK and NXT, he's treated as a beast. And that's the only way he should be treated. He should be treated as this dominant champion who can't be beaten. And that's, you know, that's where we're, you know, aiming towards. Which is great. So, yeah, I loved that match. And now we're going to go on to normal NXT, which, you know... I really enjoyed the show. Um, I think this was another week in a row where NXT felt like the NXT of old. It felt like, you know, the matches were what mattered. The stories were real. You know, they had this problem for the past year or so where they were just trying to outdo AW in every way, shape, or form. But that's not the formula in my mind. Like, the formula for NXT to be successful is simple. It's just be yourself. Be what got you to this point of popularity. And, you know, the matches they had last night showed that. You had Ember Moon versus Dakota Kai. Two girls I love. I think they're both so talented. I talking about. I literally put a segment in the show last week just to talk about Dakota Kai and she walked out with a win which was great I thought that's where they needed to go because I wanted them to prolong that story between her and Ember Moon and you know she had Raquel Gonzalez help her get that win and I think it's important because Ember Moon doesn't need to you know go undefeated she's a presence there she's a veteran presence in NXT and you know if she ever wins the title again great but she didn't need to win. I think Dakota needed that win more than anything because you can't have her lose too much. Dakota Kai is a very talented woman who is one of my favorites to watch, and I'm very happy she won. And I thought that match was great. It made it made us it rose Dakota, but you know it didn't hurt Ember. And I think that's the types of matches NXT's always been good with. Um, another match I really enjoyed was. Shotzi Blackheart versus Tony Storm. I thought these two had good styles to clash with. You know, it ended, it ended. You know, a little weird because Candice LeRae ran over Shotzi Blackheart's tank. But I think Tony's getting set up for that title match, no matter who it eventually is, and. It's, it was the right move to have her win. I think Shotzi Blackheart is going to be an NXT Women's Champion. If not an NXT Women's Champion, then a Women's Champion in this company. She has all the talent, and so goes for Tony Storm. She's already been a champion. So I thought this was a good showcase for both, and another great match to put on the show. Um, I also liked that Io Shirai, the NXT Women's Champion, called out Rhea Ripley. That's not something we see that much in any WWE brand. We don't see the champion call out people that much. I guess Drew McIntyre is one, but she she said she has one person she needs to beat to pretty much feel like her in, in singles action, and that's Rhea Ripley. She feels the need. She has to defeat Rhea Ripley, and she'll feel justified. And, you know, Io Shirai versus Rhea Ripley is the biggest match NXT has right now. Men's, women's, doesn't matter. That is the biggest match they have. That singles match for the NXT Women's Championship is the biggest match they have. And I don't want them to waste it on NXT TV. I think that has to be a takeover match. 
perhaps the last TakeOver match, but I think we're aiming for some sort of war, war games at TakeOver. So I'm wondering what their idea is for uh, EO versus Ripley. I mean, if they put it on TV, that's fine, but nah, I don't... I think this needs to be a TakeOver match. But I'm excited for that. Um, I want to touch on Pat McAfee's group again. I think they're going by the Kings of NXT, which is not too bad of a name. I kind of like it. You know, McAfee, uh, Pete Dunne, Oni Lorcan, and Danny Burch. The segment this week was not nearly as good as their segments the uh, last week. I thought it missed the mark, per se. There was just a lot of rambling um, on McAfee's side, which, you know, I think he's a good promo, but this one just wasn't, it didn't hit with me. Um, the moment that the Undisputed Era step back into the arena and back into NXT, it's going to feel right. It's going to feel great, and I think this few weeks of having them off, depending how long they keep them off, it's only going to better them because, you know, if you're not going to move them up to the main roster, you need to keep them fresh, and giving them time off is going to be that fresh time they need it. So I'm very much looking forward to when that ultimately happens, when, you know, they count, they get in front of McAfee and his group, and I think that match is the match that's leading to war games. I think there's a women's match leading to war games, too. They're kind of teasing it, you know, Shotzi versus Candice, Ember versus Dakota, uh, Raquel, you know, Tony. Like, there's a, there's a clear possibility here. Um, so I'm very interested to see where these things keep going. And then the main event is what I wanted to discuss as well. Velveteen Dream versus Tommaso Ciampa. Tommaso Ciampa wanted to start making NXT feel like NXT again, and I couldn't agree more with him. And these two had a really good match. And Ciampa ended up, you know, defeating Dream pretty easily in the end. And there's reports or rumors that this could be time for Velveteen Dream to take a break from TV, which I think is probably good for him because, you know, what what has went on with him, it's only right to get him off TV, not keep featuring him right now. And for Tommaso Ciampa, it was a huge win. Um, Ciampa, Ciampa's finally found his direction for the first time since, since it's been a while. I feel like he hasn't had direction so long, so... I think he's going to be the gatekeeper to NXT. And I like that. I like the idea that he's going to try to, you know, bring the old NXT back and he's going to beat up the people that he thinks are just there to ask for handouts and stuff. I think that's what's really important. And I think I like Champ in his role. And NXT's on a good role right now. They're refinding what made them great. And I think that's really important for them. No matter what the ratings, you know, behold. I don't think the ratings matter. They don't. I don't think they matter. I think what matters is professional wrestling being good. And, oh, big yawn. Excuse me. I think what's important is professional wrestling being good. And NXT being good, AEW being good is very important to me. So, that's how I feel about that. And, you know, NXT, NXT was good this week. NXT was good this week. So... We are on to AEW. This is going to be the last segment of the show. A pretty big segment, as is, because of the full gear preview. 
which has a total of nine matches, including the pre-show. This is going to be another long AEW show. Um, Full Gear is was a very good pay-per-view last year. I'm looking forward to it again this year. And the one thing I want to talk about from television this week that I won't talk about in the preview was the interesting return of Pac. So he cut this, you know, video promo vignette type thing that was really good. It was really well, you know, designed and it got you excited for a hopeful Pac return. But there's no guarantee he comes back. I think that's the problem with it. Like, yeah, I understand he's been quiet for months, but there's a reason for that. He's not he's not coming over here. And I hear the problem, you know, could be that it's not getting him to the States, it's getting him back home eventually. And I think that's really important. I'm a huge Pac fan. Massive Pac fan. I want to see him back in an AEW ring because, you know, I think he was their best heel when he was, you know, rolling. I think he has that roll down. I was very excited for Death Triangle. So what my hope is, is that he can return down the line. He can, you know, get his spot back in AEW and be an asset to them. Be the bastard. Be a champion. I think I think he was destined for gold. Um, I don't know what gold. I'd put the world title on him. I'd put the TNT title on him. I'd put any gold on him that he deserves. Um, I think there was a chance that there were going to be trios titles at one time, which are, would be great for Death Triangle if they wanted to put them back together. I just think eventually getting Pac back somehow, some way, if you can make it work for him, is very important for AEW because that adds a real, real good character in your roster. And not only a good character, a good wrestler, a main event player that you need. So I'm hoping he comes back soon, but uh, it doesn't look like it'll be anytime soon if I had to guess. I'm hoping, you know, they're showing the video. We don't want him to just, you know, show a video and disappear again. So here's to hoping. Now, let's get on to the full gear preview. As I said earlier, nine matches, one pre-show match, eight main card matches. This show is going to go on forever. But it might be the best card they've put together yet out of any of their pay-per-views. I mean that strictly, you know, just based off the truth of like what I'm interested in, this is probably the most interesting pay-per-view I've seen. By AEW from top to bottom. So let's dig right into this preview slash predictions show. um, Or portion of the show, I should say. Uh, So right off the bat, um, AEW signed wrestler Serena Deeb, as you may know now, is the NWA Women's Champion. She beat Thunder Rosa on, I believe, a UWN show, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, she became the champion there. Now she's going to fight the recently recent free agent, Allison Kay, who is a former NWA Women's Champion. Uh, former, I believe, Impact Knockouts Champion as well. 
And, you know, she just became a free agent. Her NWA contract just freed up. So I think this is a very interesting spot to be on the full gear card, even if it's the pre-show. This match should be very good. It should be a very interesting one to watch. And I'm picking Deeb for this match. I think, you know, she won the title last week. There's no reason to, or two weeks ago, there's no reason to take the title away from her. She's a very good pro wrestler. And I think Kay is probably destined for AEW, if I had to guess. You know, the way they've been dealing with women's wrestling as a whole, Kay would be a great addition. But I definitely do think it's Deeb that will be walking away as winner on the pre-show and still NWA Women's Champion. So, on to the main show. Uh, We got Orange Cassidy versus John Silver. I don't... I don't know what this is. I don't know why I need this. I know why it's happening, but I don't know why this needs to be a pay-per-view match. I guess John Silver has this interesting following because of his performances, per se, on... What's the show called? BTE, uh, Being the Elite. I guess that's kind of where his following has come from. He's been really entertaining there. I don't know... If this match is going to be comedy or not, I, I would go down the comedy route. Um, definitely have Cassidy win. I'm picking Cassidy. This is probably the one match on the show I don't have much interest in. But if they go down the comedy route, then I will be interested. I will. I mean, I'm going to watch it. It's just a matter of if it's good or not. And we'll, we'll see. So here is the AEW Women's Championship match. It's kind of out of nowhere. There was no build to it whatsoever. Hikaru Shida defends her AEW Women's Championship against the woman she took the title from months ago in Nyla Rose. Uh, Nyla Rose has been with Vicky Guerrero for a few months now, but she's only had, now I think it's two TV matches, so that's interesting. Uh, Shida... You know, she's done everything in her power to make this women's division worth watching. And AEW seems to have done everything else to, you know, make that impossible. Do I think this match can be good? Absolutely. Do I think Nyla Rose should win? Absolutely not. This should be Hikaru Shida's win. Um, I don't think they should be tossing the title back and forth. I think Britt Baker should be the person to take the title from Shida at the next pay-per-view. So I think Sheeta wins. Sheeta walks out with the title. This match could be pretty good. They've had some good ones in the past. So, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. But let's just stop rehashing the same match. Because it's just lazy. It's lazy from AEW in the women's division. They're so lazy with it. And I just want it to be better because it can be better. On to... Chris Jericho versus Maxwell Jacob Friedman. I think this has a lot of potential, you know, to have the comedy side, to have the serious side, because if MJF wins this match, he joins the inner circle. And I I think that can go a number of different ways. You know, I could see him eventually taking over the inner circle. I could see the inner circle turning on Jericho on Saturday. That's a possibility. I think that's a real possibility. And I'm really interested to see where this angle goes. Uh, I think MJF wins. 
but I don't know how he wins. I don't know where this is exactly going to go, but I do think MJF wins, gets into the inner circle somehow, some way, because that creates a longer story between these two, and I think this story is far from over. You know, the dinner at Dubonair, that was a big thing people loved. Um, and I think these two are destined to keep working together. So I'm taking MJF, but I'm not sure where this tech, this, this will go. I'm intrigued. I'm just very intrigued by the result of this picking MJF though. Here it is. One of the matches I'm really looking forward to, which is the elite deletion. We haven't had a deletion match in years. And when I say a deletion match, I mean the Matt Hardy special at the Hardy compound. We haven't had one since he fought Bray Wyatt, which was a great match, by the way. That's the only WWE version of it. It was excellent. It was such a joy. So that's where we're going. That's the match we're having. Um, It will be Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara in the Elite Deletion. And I think Matt Hardy walks out as a winner. I think this is a good chance for him to win. Um, start building up some wins for him because I think that's really important. You know, I think it's really important that Hardy does build one. Even though Sam Guevara is a younger guy, Matt Hardy's been kind of in this limbo since really signing. And I think with the fans, you know, this alt, this elite deletion match, he should win his own match, and this should just be the beginning of many of these matches because that's why Matt Hardy was brought in to have these fun matches like this. I'm wondering what cameos we get, if we get any. That's It's just so exciting. Um, I'm very excited for this match. Matt Hardy is my winner. And on to the John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston AEW World Championship match in an I Quit match. Yes, I have this before three other matches because I'm looking forward to the three other matches a little bit more. But this match is going to be fun. This match is going to be a brawl. This match is going to be brutal. This match is going to be one of the toughest fights for both men. I think the I quit stipulation is very interesting because I don't imagine either one saying I quit. But of course, we're going to see it. We're going to see someone say I quit. I think John Moxley retains here. And, you know, these two have really worked a good program just through the promos alone. That's the work that they do. That's the work that Eddie Kingston nails. And, you know, I wouldn't be upset at all if Kingston pulled off the upset. But because of what I think is happening, you know, later in my predictions, I'm having John Moxley walk out and still AEW World Champion. On to Cody Rhodes versus Darby Allen for the TNT Championship. This has been a big angle as of late, uh... Cody has been very adamant that he doesn't understand the love for Darby, and he's, you know, made it clear that he's not supposed to be the face of TNT, AEW Dynamite. That's what Cody's there for. That's why he holds this title. And for Darby Allen, this is a chance to finally win. He's had a lot of matches, a lot of big matches that he hasn't won. A lot of chances that he hasn't won. That's the whole story here with Cody. He doesn't understand why he keeps getting these opportunities. He doesn't get it. So that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to this match because, oh, first of all, their first match at Fighter Fest last year was awesome. Went to a draw. That was sweet. 
and I think these two are going to tell a really good story. I don't know how this is going to end. Um, I have a hunch that Darby Allen finally wins. I think Darby Allen finally wins a championship. He wins the TNT championship. And I think this is the beginning of a heel Cody Rhodes run. Because the way he's been acting is as the heel. And I can't see him be having to be that baby face much longer. Because, you know, Hangman Page is stepping into that role now. Um, I think they're, you know, getting a lot of people ready. And, you know, Darby Allen is going to be that big baby face that they need. So I think Cody Rhodes does turn heel if he loses. I'm picking Darby to win. I'm very intrigued by seeing what happens. There's rumors of Sting possibly being involved. That would be interesting, clearly. I'd definitely uh, freak out if Sting was back on TNT. That would be unreal. Um, but I'm picking Darby to win. I don't know. It's just a hunch. And he walks out as TNT champion. We're on to the AEW Tag Team Title Match. The match years in the making. The reason, the revival, the FTR, whatever you want to call them. The reason they left. The reason they left WWE was to have this match with the Young Bucks. And, you know, this tweet from it. You know, uh, one of the... Revival, FTR, whatever you want to call them, said, tweeted, one day we'll fight the Young Bucks and fans will rejoice or love it or something. And, you know, the Young Bucks tweeted the same thing. And now we're having it. Matt Jackson is injured. We know this. He has, I believe, an ACL injury and something else in his knee, which is scary because, you know, that that's obviously going to have to need surgery. So I'm wondering where this goes because the stipulation is... If the young back, young backs, if the young bucks lose, they never challenge for the tag team titles again. This is the second straight year that a full gear match has that stipulation. Um, if you remember, Cody had that same stipulation um, for his AEW World Title match with Chris Jericho. So I think this time you have to have. The people that are betting like that win. I think the Young Bucks need to win. I don't want to have the situation where they can't challenge for the titles ever again. Because that's just lame. And I know Matt Jackson's hurt. They might have to call an audible. But I don't know if it would be that bad if you had them win. You know, have that win. And then ultimately, you know, take the titles off of them the next show. And, you know, you could set up a tournament or something that gives you a few weeks. And you, FTR can win it back. I just think the Young Bucks need to win this match. The Young Bucks should win this match because the Young Bucks, to me, are the better tag team. I have always enjoyed their work more than the Revival. But this is the match. If this match doesn't deliver, plain and simple, what was the point? Like, there is so much, there is so much value in this match. I'm picking the Young Bucks to walk out as the tag team champions, injury not to Matt Jackson. I just have that hunch this match needs to deliver. This match needs to be the best because we've been talking about it for so long. The two best tag teams, even though the New Day is better than the Rival, don't at me. This is the match. This is the big one. This is the one we've been waiting for. This, yeah, If this main event did, I don't think anyone would complain. 
I'd be shocked if it didn't main event. Honestly, I think this will be the main event. But, you know, they probably will put the world title match last because that's, you know, the classic way. But I would put the tag team title match last. Um, and on to the final match of my predictions. In the finals of the AEW World Title Number One Contender Tournament, it will be Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega. This is the match we've been waiting for. Uh, you know, we've had signs ever since they were a tag team. We knew it was eventually going to lead to this. And, you know, Hangman T's turning on Kenny once. Kenny kind of did turn on Hangman. Once they lost the titles, he was like, we're done. We're not doing this anymore. He went on his singles career. He's had some, his two matches to get here were both against uh, replacement opponents. And, you know, for Hangman, he went through two wars. He went through a war with Wardlow, and then he went through a war with, oh, this is bad. Oh, I forgot. Oh, this is embarrassing. He went through a war. Cole Cabana. That's who he beat. He beat Cole Cabana in the first round, and then he had a war with Wardlow in the second round. So, you know, this could go either way, but I'm very certain that Kenny Omega is winning the AEW World Championship uh, when he get and I think he's winning this match. I think Kenny Omega walks out as the winner. You know, this sends Hangman Page down a spiral because he failed in the big match once again. And you know, down the line, it leads to the big title match between these two at what I think would be double or nothing, probably. You know, Kenny wins the title either on TV or at what's the pay per view. What's the pay? Oh, uh, AEW Revolution. I think that's where he wins it. And, you know, he has this dominant run. And, you know, for Hangman, he keeps battling back, battling back, trying to get back to that world title match that he's been trying to get back to for over a year already now. And I think that's the story they're telling here. Kenny wins the big one. Kenny, you know, takes that title and is what everyone imagined him to be. But he's going to be heel, and it's going to be ten times better. Because Kenny Omega as a heel is excellent stuff. We have been watching that on a week-by-week basis. So I'm very excited for this match. I'm picking Kenny Omega. I'm very excited for this pay-per-view. It is a packed show. It's going to deliver in every sense of the word, and it needs to. Because I thought Double or Nothing was pretty subpar. It was pretty subpar for AW standards, and they're putting their best foot forward with this, you know, lineup, and I'm very excited. Uh, the only complaints I have is no Lance Archer on the show, no Brian Cage on the show, no Ricky Starks on this show. Like, we can go down a line, and I, you can't fit everyone. I know that. But they have this problem of, you know, failing the big men. And Brody Lee, when I, I don't even know the last time we saw Brody Lee, unless I'm missing something. I may be, you know... I may be missing something, but, you know, we're missing a lot of top talents. No, a lot of tag teams that are quality. Pentagon and Phoenix, I can't express enough how much I want Pentagon and Phoenix to be on this goddamn show every week. I guess the rematch between those two is happening next week, so woohoo! That's going to be very exciting. Um, Full Gear is going to be very exciting. I'm very much looking forward to this pay-per-view. If you guys have any thoughts... 
predictions, anything, please send them my way. Um, the show is on Saturday night, starting at 8 Eastern. The pre-show, I believe, starts at 7, 7.30 perhaps. Uh, that will be where Serena Deeb defends her NWA Women's Championship against Allison K. It will be fantastic. This show will be fantastic, I guarantee it. And that's coming from a guy that's very critical of AEW. I think this is the show where AEW, you know, puts their best foot forward, but uh, delivers the show that we've all been waiting for, and I'm very excited for it. That's that is wrestling with Edwards for this week. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Scotty Wrestling. You can follow my articles if you feel the need to. Um, they are on the last word on sports.com slash pro wrestling website. You can check those out at any time. Uh, we have a matches of the month article coming up tomorrow. Uh, well today, I guess when you see this, um, I preview, you know, NXT and SmackDown and I have plenty of analysis pieces coming your way and in the past. So be sure to check that out. Otherwise, everyone have a good week. You know, keep your heads up, be safe, and talk to you guys next week. See you guys.